The round started sweet but ended sour. The Manly Seagulls at the centre of controversy. Sit back, we've got plenty to get through inside the NRL. Was it or wasn't it a knock-on? We speak to the man himself, Brandon Smith, following Melbourne's stunning two-point victory over the reigning Premiers. Plus, were Manly robbed of a penalty? The panel debate. Joey Leilua set to sit on the sideline for a month, so why did the West Tigers decide not to challenge the charge? And absolute scenes in Penrith Sheds as one Panther whips out his party moves. <laughs> I love that brand new opener. What a perfect way to bring in Michael Chamis and Jamie Sauer, the band back together, hey? I love that from Kick Out on the Weekend. It's a bit of character in the game. I thought it was good. He doesn't know it yet, but he will feature later in the show. So stay tuned. But quickly, gents, out of the round, what did you love? I loved Xavier Coates and I mean there's so much bad stuff going on at the Broncos at the moment. I watched this young man up there at the under-18s carnival uh, demolish Illawarra up there, Jaden Sullivan and his crew, but striding out. I know people say it reminds them of a young Greg Inglis, but just watching people stride out like that, I loved Xavier Coates. Another intercept. I love the birth of a new rivalry, Katie. Like the, the Tigers-Panthers rivalry, since Ivan Cleary walked out in the club, I loved it. I love to see you know, Brent Naden giving the shush to the crowd, Joey Leilua sticking up for his brother, the push and shove. We need that theatre in the game. It was great to see. And the kisses, but we'll, oh, we'll the bring kisses. that up a bit <laughs> later, Don't forget I'm the kisses. Sure. We love a good kiss. <laughs> Mine was, of course, Thursday night footy, the Roosters and the Storm. I just thought that was sensational, and I cannot remember being that excited to watch a game of footy um, ever, I don't think. What about for you two? It was great. I mean, sometimes those games are dictated by how close the result is at the end and the finish. We don't remember the 78 minutes leading up to that. But, um, look, is it the best game I've seen in the last 10 years? Probably not. I mean, we've seen some real crackers. The 2015 grand final, we've seen dramatic finishes everywhere. But uh, it was a high-quality game. And, and those two teams on the weekend, if they played anyone else, they would have just smashed them on the weekend. I'll tell you what, they played in the prelim last year, and that was a letdown. The, the way that game fizzled out, it was just a grind to try and get to the grand final. That, on the weekend, was on Thursday night, was exciting football. And it's what we want to see from the two of the best teams in the competition. So it was good to see from the Roosters in the Storm. Absolutely. And we will have Brendan Smith joining us very shortly, as well as hit or miss or champ or chump. But first, off the top, we need to talk about the Manly and Knights game. And, of course, Adam Fenua-Blake has been handed a Grade 3 contrary conduct charge. It's a bit of a tongue twister. After swearing at the referee, Grant Atkins. Now, um, the penalty for that is two weeks with an early guilty plea. Is that the right charge? Yes. I mean... Blake would be the yeah Adam Fanil Blake would be the first person to admit that he was wrong and he went to the referee after the game and emotions boil over. I just it's done and dusted now as far as I'm concerned. I think he's learned his lesson and he'll get his two weeks and move on. He's been one of Manly's best players, so that's just really disappointing for them. And what about for you, Mark? Yeah, I agree, Sally. I know there are calls for a harsher punishment that the NRL may have gone soft, but at the end of the day, he said something stupid. He shouldn't have said what he did. And two weeks is, is still a fair punishment for, for what he did. I, there's no room for what he said, and he should be punished. And Manly shouldn't fight this. He needs to cop his medicine and cop it sweet. But two weeks' punishment for Adam Fenilblake for what he said is an adequate suspension. I thought the scenes at Brookvale yesterday were a boil-up of how Manly played in that second half. They had enough ball to win that game, and the emotions spilled over because it's another two points that they should have had in the bank. And... Whether he makes the kick or not at the end of the room with Garrick, all that just boils up. And, you know, Adam Fanor Blake made a mistake and, you know, we're allowed to move on from that. So he'll pay the price. Yeah, and we will get to that now. Of course, it was it did come after the controversial uh, penalty, no penalty call. Graham Manisley was asked whether he thought it was a penalty early this afternoon. Referee refers it to the, to the bunker. 
uh, he has to take into consideration all of that information and he forms a judgment view that he thinks that Bradman Best is committed to the tackle. Having looked at it this morning and gone over it and again uh, many times, um, I form a different view. I think he did have time to adjust at least uh, to prevent the final uh, push uh, and in my view uh, I would have been uh, much happier to see a penalty awarded in that situation rather than the decision uh, to play on. But it's a very tight thing, half, less than half a second. Yeah, okay. So a couple of things there. Are you, are you for penalty or no penalty? And also, um, this is the second time it's happened to Manly this season. Yeah, they've had a few dud calls and obviously last year in the finals as well with the symphony of Jake Trebojevic. And I th for me, I I'm comfortable either way. If they had awarded that to be a penalty, I would have been comfortable. Graham Manners is right. There, there are is split seconds in there, or milliseconds in this. Like Bradman Best, I think, was committed towards pushing him. He was trying to catch him to try and push him into touch. So I would have been comfortable either way, Katie. I know I'm sitting on the fence a little bit, but it's such a crucial moment of the game. Yes, Graham Manners is right. It, there, there is gap between ball hit and boot and the push. So... Uh, Manly can feel hard done by, but also Newcastle, if they had lost, been denied then, then I equally feel they would have been, had a reason to be upset. I tweeted live, I thought it was 50-50 when you saw it in normal speed. When you slow it down and you realise he's actually pushed him after he's kicked the ball, it had to be a penalty. There was no other option for the referee to come up with. So uh, if you just watch it, as, as they slow it down, now you could slow down every bit of play in the NRL and find a, a knock-on or a penalty in every single ruck, but just there... That motion there stops Funa from being able to go and compete for the ball. Whether he gets there or not is not up for discussion because I think McCulloch ends up saving the try anyway. But disallowing that opportunity for Manly to be able to have a, a shot at goal uh, is, is what the rule is for. And the other thing I would say is, Graham Annesley, you're doing a fantastic job. And the referees cop a lot of pressure, all that kind of stuff. This is the second time this year you've overruled on a Monday and said that uh, the results should have been different or that the, the uh, refereeing at the end of the game should have been different. We need to know the process that the bunker went through because the on-field referee sent it upstairs because he wasn't sure. And we understand that process. We, what we don't understand as commentary and, and fans of the game is how did the bunker get that so wrong when everyone else in the game, experts, past players, present players, everyone else in the game thinks it's a penalty. How do we get that process so wrong in such a crucial moment of the game? I don't think it's a howler though, Jamie. It's not a howler. Okay. It, it denies them a chance to tie the game. Yeah, I understand. It's a results-driven business. And Des Hasler, they've already had one of these this year. Coming out on Monday and telling me, hey, mate, we got that one wrong, that doesn't give me anything. That gives me nothing. Yeah, I, they, they do a good job, the, the bunker, of explaining it over the, when you're listening to it on TV, of why they're making the decision. How can 99% of the rugby league world think it's a penalty? I think, I, think it's, I think I'm leaning towards penalty, but I'm just saying to you, it's not a howler. I think we need to be careful to be critical when it's not something that's blatantly wrong. I, I, I don't think it Bradman Best could have... It Bradman denies Best him a chance. If 99% if of people think it's a penalty... Well, yeah, nine, let's do a poll. 99%. That's a, let's do a poll. I don't think, it, I, I think it's closer to 50-50. Let's not forget that the skipper, Daly Cherubin, said that they can't let the game get to that point and they keep getting to the point at the end of the game. And yes, it's a 50-50 chance. Give them the penalty, still a 50-50 chance whether or not they'll kick it. Well, that's exactly so... right. And that was the emotions at the end. That's what I was saying. They, they spilled over. They had enough ball. You know, Daly Cherry Evans, for me, the last two weeks, hasn't adapted with, to life without uh, uh, sorry, Tom Trebojevic and Dylan Walker. You think about 
he had some great touches in that first half. But when the game was on the line, he just stayed on that right-hand side. I needed to see him get in the footy at first receiver and having opportunities. Yeah, he had five, six sets there where he could just dominate the ball and attack there and he didn't get the job done. So I think that frustration spills over for Manly as well. Fair enough. And let's not overshadow the fact that the Knights did get the win. It was gritty and it wasn't pretty. What are you thinking of their form at the moment and the way they're playing the footy after that weekend? Adam O'Brien would be ecstatic this morning. Uh, you look back at that game, it wasn't their prettiest attacking-wise, but that first half it was real gritty. And, and Chamis, you get that response from a playing group who was embarrassed last week. They're trying to cut their teeth to be in that top echelon and compete for a, a championship, but last week wasn't good enough. They went back to the training paddock. It was all about effort and grit, and that's what they come up with. Yeah, they, they were. They were embarrassed against the Cowboys. And, and what a, a great game it sets up this week against the Parramatta Reels. Yeah. You want to talk about a test of your credentials. The Parramatta Reels arguably up there as the form team of the competition, leading the competition. So we'll, we'll get a gauge of the real Newcastle Knights uh, after this weekend. OK, well, we talk about Adam Fanua Blake and potentially his brain snap. There were a couple on the weekend. The next one was Joey Leilua in the Tigers' loss to the Panthers. Michael Maguire wouldn't say what he did speak to Joey about post-match in that controversial... Um, uh, what am I looking for? A controversial a charge. A... <laughs> I'm having a brain snap spitting this one out. But was it the right call here, gents? And his behaviour, he's been in the game for 11 seasons, the reckless behaviour, can it be managed? Well... I mean, BJ, you're a fantastic player when you're on, but that there is just not on. That is just a brain snap of the biggest kind and a, just a real cheap shot. And, you know, from me, outside in, I don't know any inside info, but Michael Maguire and the Tigers not fighting that charge is a message to BJ Leilua that you're going to take your medicine because we're embarrassed by what that did. Uh, what that did to our club. You know, that, that was a high-quality game that had lots of emotion and drama, as you said, but to finish off like that, you know, and he's an important player for them. He can be damaging on that right edge. I think it was yeah, really disappointing to see him come up with that. I commend the Tigers because you're right, he doesn't deserve the right to go and fight that. Four weeks, I think, he's lucky. If he fights it and loses, it's six weeks. And that's probably more around the market people thought that he'd be getting for that challenge. It's, as Nathan Cleary said it, it's a dog shot. He can't be doing that. And you said when he's on, he's a fantastic player. But unfortunately, he's not on enough times to warrant... Well, sorry, let me just say that they've signed him there. They've got rid of Isan Masters because he was too inconsistent, hoping that Joey Leilua can solve that. And then they, they signed the ultimate Rocks or Diamonds player in BJ Leilua. And I hope that the fact that he cares that he's not going to be there for the next four weeks when Michael Maguire is trying to build a culture of a team who actually cares about the club, cares about where they're going, that just, that just flies in the face of everything he's been trying to instil at the Tigers over the last six to you know, 12 months there. He, he did mention that in the post-match press conference as well. So it'll be interesting to see if we do see Joey after a month or if he, he spends an extra certain amount of time on the sideline. Well, they haven't got the depth. Unfortunately, Katie, they haven't got the depth to be able to go there. They're going to have to play Robert Jennings in, maybe out of position this week to cover that for the next month. They haven't got the depth not to have him in there. Maybe and they'll work out a way to put Benji He's one of their star there. signings well, as well. Yeah, I don't think Benji will be... Uh, look, he's been dropped because of his defence. So to throw him into the centres will not be a, a good thing for Benji. But I, I think... I like Chris Lawrence, to be honest with you. He's played in the centres before and he's going to get the job done defensively and that's what the West Tigers need. I think they're, they're able to find points at the moment. They just need to make sure that defence there is held up. And I, I, I don't mind Chris Lawrence or, or Cheekham potentially in that position. OK, well, we like to talk about a bit of controversy, but we love talking about footy too. It is now time to turn our heads to the Sunshine Coast. We are joined by Brandon Smith. Thanks for coming on Inside the NRL. Uh, thanks for having me. <laughs> now, I've got to be straight up with you. I can't even warm you up into this interview. 
did you knock the ball on? You can you can be truthful here. The game is over. Uh, I don't think I knocked it on. <laughs> but um, I'd love to say I did. It uh, stops all the banter getting thrown at me so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair call. Graham Manisley had you back as well. He reviewed it uh, enough times and he said, I'm happy with the call made in that game. But congratulations on that two-point victory. How's the body holding up? So, um, it's taken three days to recover and uh, the Melbourne Storm, they did a good job. They gave us three days off and then... Uh, this was our first day of training today, and um, to be honest, I, I, I had to train with Darley Fanukin in the um, gym today, and um, it didn't help because it, his name's Mr. Intensity, and he gives it 100% everything he does, and I just couldn't keep up with him. I, I needed a half-time uh, pre-workout just to get through the session with him. <laughs> Brandon, you've played in some pretty big games in your 50 NRL games. Where does that rank, mate, in terms of toughness and physicality? Uh, yeah... It doesn't get much tougher than that one, to be honest. I mean, I don't remember the last game I actually played that um, I felt that bad afterwards. Like, I wasn't walking a couple of days later. Like, I, I found it really hard to sleep. I was waking up, my ribs were sore and stuff like that. So as, as far as games go, I think that's probably one of the most physical I've ever played. And the fact that it went for 85 minutes, is, which is another thing that I haven't really experienced for playing for so long, was... Um, uh, just, you know, something different on my body. And, like, it took 85 minutes for us to win that game. Like, there was not a single moment where you could slouch off where the rooster wouldn't make you pay. So, um, yeah, it was definitely one of the um, most memorable games for me, being my 50th and whatnot. And uh, just really stoked that the boys managed to get the win for me. Brandon, we've seen some un-Melbourne-like performances this year, conceding some soft tries. What did Craig Bellamy say to you guys after that win on the weekend? It really sets up your season now. Back to the Melbourne standards. Oh, I think it's just... Um, he kind of spoke about us having... You know, why, why did we come into that game so prepared and why did we turn up so physically for this game? And um, he made it uh, kind of wary as why can't we do that against every team and why can't we, like, prep mentally for a game like that against the Roosters, but prep it for someone like the Gold Coast Titans. And um, it kind of stuck with us a bit. And um, we're thinking, uh, you know, that's that's how we want to prep and that's how we want to play for every game. And we can't just do that against the good teams because, like you said, there's been some um, un-Melbourne Storm characteristic, um, like things going on, um, simple games. And, um, you know, I think it's something we need to uh, really take on and, Hopefully we can take it on board against, you know, another another good side that's uh, kind of been our bogey team in Canberra. So um, it's not just being mentally prepped for the big games, but, you know, the, also the little ones as well. Yeah, for sure. Brendan, uh, Jerome Hughes spoke to media um, earlier today and he mentioned that he had to remind Cameron Smith where he was playing on the field. Did you catch yourself out uh, doubling up in the hooker role? Did you have to remind him as well? Yeah, no, there was a few times where... Um, <laughs> I just wasn't getting uh, into hooker and then um, I had to be reminded myself that I was playing hooker. <laughs> it, it was pretty funny because it happened at training as well where I was just like sitting back waiting for, um, you know, Dale to tell me what to do and then I ended up having people tell me I, that I was playing hooker, you know, in the, in the training session. It happened in the game a couple of times but um, Smithy being Smithy helped me out and he jumped in there every time he knew I was having a little lapse in concentration. So... Um, it's, it's always good to have him on the field, whether he's in the, at hooker or at seven. Brendan, I'm going to ask you a question. I'm sure you've been asked a lot the last few weeks. Now, a bit of a hypothetical for you, but if Harry Grant comes back to Melbourne next year, how would you feel, mate, not getting the number nine jersey, given you've 
waited a few years, had your apprenticeship under Cameron Smith. How would that make you feel next year? Oh, I don't know how it would make me feel, mate. It's obviously a tough decision that um, I'd have to make also with um, the Melbourne Storm, but um, we'll have to wait for that uh, challenge to come. I don't know if Madge will, will want to um, let Harry go uh, in the form that he's in, but um, yeah, obviously it's a really tough question for me to answer, but uh, we're going to have to tackle that challenge when it comes. Is, is there a chance, Brendan, that you'd want to look somewhere to play number nine? That's your preferred position. Is there a chance that you, you ask Melbourne for permission to look around? Uh, I don't know if I've got that power, so it'll have to be me, me um, manager <laughs> doing all that stuff. But um, I definitely want to be a number nine. And, um, if, you know, obviously it's very tough for me to answer that at the moment, but um, I'm just trying to focus on this year and, and, and stuff like that. And I don't want to... Um, yeah, you know, step on anyone's toes, but yeah, you know, I'm definitely want to play number nine, and um, whatever happens, happens. Can I remind you of a kid is the New Zealand number nine, the, the Test <laughs> hooker starting number nine? I think you'll it's be. A hypothetical I think you'll be okay. Get off my mate's back. <laughs> hey, Brandon, you played your fiftieth game on the weekend. Can you, can you believe you played fifty games so quickly, mate? Can you remember your first, and how much have you enjoyed the ride? Uh, I can de definitely remember my first, mate, because. Uh, I when I debuted, I debuted with like people like Billy Slater and Cooper Cronk, and um, that's something that uh, has definitely stuck with me. And um, it's hard for me to forget how you know lucky I got to even you know lace up the boots alongside um, people you know with that um, res that amount of respect in a game. So it's something I'll never forget. And um, to to play 50, it's still a crazy um, feat for me. You know, I. I I didn't even expect to play one NRL game when I was, um, you know, 20 or 19 years of age when I was coming through 20. So um, to get to 50 and uh, being able to, you know, be in a position at Melbourne Storm and being able to win so many games and, you know, it, it really makes a difference. When you enjoy your footy a lot more when you're winning games and uh, I'm just very uh, fortunate that I got to do that at Melbourne Storm and I've been brought up, you know, in the right way of the... Um, you know, right way of going about it for, you know, grooming me into being an NRL player. And um, I think, you know, the Melbourne Storm is such an incredible club and, um, you know, they've, they've given me <laughs> everything so far and um, so much more. So I'm looking forward to uh, this year. You know, obviously we just come off the back of a great win. So hopefully we can build towards that and um, get a premiership ring this year. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? I mean, your last name is Smith, so hopefully you're the next Smith to rack up more than 400 games. That'd be nice. Um, I've got to ask yeah. you before I do let you go, though. Cameron Munster's been out with that knee injury. How has that impacted the side, and, and how are you dealing without him being in there, or is he still being a pest? Yeah, no, he's still being a pest. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's, been, it's been good for us. Oh, it's been good for me. I mean, I got to um, play some hooker <laughs> this year, and... Um, I think at this club, it doesn't really matter who's injured and stuff like that. It's just that next man up mentality. You've got people just step up to the plate. But obviously, he's a big loss and he's having an outstanding um, season this year. And he's really sorted his uh, life off the field out this year. And I think his girlfriend's making sure that happens. Because <laughs> he's a bit... Yeah, she, she, she's definitely got him on the straight and narrow. He's in the best shape of his um, you know, life. So I'm looking forward to... Um, you know him coming back in the side, and uh, I think I think he should be right for this week, which is um, pretty crazy. He's one of those guys that just heals up so well, 
And as far as me playing 400 games, I've just got to play about 30 games for the next 13 seasons, <laughs> making me about 38. So oh, there should be no dramas. That doesn't seem too hard. That's not too much to ask, is it? Uh... Yeah. No, not uh, at all. <laughs> I think Jesse Bromwich, he's been around, he's prehistoric. He's been around for that many years and he's only halfway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're a legend. Thanks so much for joining us on Inside the NRL and good luck against the Raiders on Saturday. All right, thanks, guys. Have a good one. It's now time for the Casualty Award brought to you by Go Healthy Vitamins. Some terrible news for the Bulldogs out of Belmore. Adam Elliott is facing season-ending surgery after suffering a dislocated shoulder that will require several months' recovery. Final scans will confirm exactly how long he's sidelined, but the expectation is he won't be back in 2020. And South Sydney Rabbitoh, Braden Burns can't catch a break in a bitter blow. The outside back dislocated his kneecap on Sunday. The 23-year-old has suffered leg injuries for the last three years. In Newcastle, Edric Lee will miss at least a month with a suspected broken arm. Canberra's Ford stocks have taken another hit. Sia Soliola suffering a facial fracture and looking at up to 12 weeks recovery, depending on the type of operation required. And there's been a few syndesmosis injuries in recent weeks. Unfortunately for Panther Brian Toll, he's expected to miss up to two months. While the same injury will keep Roosters fly Daniel Tupo grounded for six. Cronulla's Matt Moylan will miss out on another month of footy. He limped off in the 28th minute with another hamstring injury. As you can see, the Knights and Roosters have a few HIA tests to get through after round eight. And it's a double-page spread. The Titans' injuries worsen. Philip Sammy, the worst, dislocating his shoulder at training last week. But there is one positive. That's for Warriors' Jazz Tavanga, who has been ruled fit to play in round nine. That's this week's Casualty Ward brought to you by Go Healthy Vitamins. It's now time for Jamie's Sweet or Soured. Yeah, thanks, Katie. Sweet or sour this week is sweet. I'm giving some love to all the clutch players on the weekend, especially a couple on Thursday night. Well, you're the king of field goals. I want you to talk us through the execution of the Roosters and the Storm. First, the Storm here, and Luke Keary nailing this field goal. Yeah, it was great work by Keary, but the setup here from the Roosters to be able to just highlight where Flanagan and Keary sit. Luke Keary is actually standing directly behind the ball, which is what we're seeing, the play the ball, which is what we're seeing now in the NRL, so that the players can't get there and put pressure on. And it's a great setup. They did this against the Melbourne Storm a couple of years ago. And as play unfolds, you can see that's Flanagan there. Keary's right beside him. They get the ball straight from Jake Friend. And if you just watch Jerome Hughes, he has to go out. His first movement is around this marker right here, which gives Luke Keary enough time to be able to slot the field goal and put them ahead 25-24. Well, this point of the game, we think the Roosters are home and hose. They're up by one, a short kickoff from the Storm, and they get the chance to Ryan, ha Ryan Pappenhausen to level things up. Yeah, again, you can see Ryan Pappenhausen. Now, imagine being <laughs> Ryan Pappenhausen. You go up to the 400-gamer, the GOAT, the best player of all time, and you say, mate, this is my time now. <laughs> I'm going to slot this field goal here. I know you've won games before. But Pappenhausen gets himself deep enough, again, directly behind the play of the ball so that Jake Friend cannot get there to put pressure on. It's not the prettiest strike in the world for your first field goal, but it goes all the way through, ties the game up, and it's a couple of clutch plays from big players in our game. I love field goals being executed at the death under all that pressure. Well, you have it, Katie, a masterclass from one of the best in the business. I absolutely love it. Great insight. Thanks, gents. And while I get you both back in your chairs, the NRL has confirmed venue changes from rounds 9 to 12. So let's take a look. Unfortunately, there's still no home games. For the Warriors, round 9 remains as is. 
while round 10, the grand final rematch between the Roosters and the Raiders will kick off at the SCG. The Sunday 2pm time slot returns for the first time this season. Knights of Bulldogs at McDonald Jones Stadium. The Eels and Tigers kick off round 11 at Bankwest. And we did see this week how fantastic the turf looks after they relayed it during the week. While in round 12, games return to Campbelltown for the first time since round 6. Tigers and Warriors on the Friday night. Plus, first game at ANZ Stadium since the restart. Old rivals Bulldogs and the Eels on Sunday afternoon. It is now time for Hit or Miss. All right, first things first, gents. Ivan Cleary was right to bite back at the abuse. Hit or miss, Michael, you first. I'm going to go hit. I, I love that whole 20, 30-minute period at the end of that game mm -hmm. there. I, I, and to be fair, and hit for the, the bloke in the, in the stands who gave it to Ivan Cleary, Ivan Cleary deserves to cop things from the West Tigers fans because he walked out on them. It's the nature of sport. He should... He should expect the wrath of Tigers fans for what he did to that club and the way he handled it I didn't mind that obviously the fan has since apologized to the Tigers and to the Panthers for what he did the only, to me the only thing he did wrong was probably swear in front of his kid but good on him have a bit of passion have a bit of have a bit of you know, love for your club and hatred towards what Ivan Cleary did that's what the game is built on feuds and hatred yeah hit I love the drama at the end of that game and you look at Ivan Cleary there I think that's Sometimes we, we obviously criticise that because it's the wrong time or, or what is actually happens afterwards. But Ivan Cleary's is, it was a tender kiss that he blew the fan. I would have been <laughs> a lot more aggressive uh, in my kiss blowing it to the fan. But uh, why not? I, I love the fact that he engaged with the fans. And Chapman says, right, he's going to cop the heat. You know, it's one of the best rivalries, up-and-coming rivalries in the game. Yeah, and I know this is usually both your thing for hit or miss, but I got away in on this. I loved it. I thought it was brilliant. Well, Most personality we've seen from Ivan. Well, that's, I spoke to him after, and he said, well, people want personality from me. He does something, and people are into him. So, yeah. I, look, he regretted it. It's not Ivan Cleary, but I'm, I'm all for it. I love that sort of stuff. Yeah, I want more, Ivan. We want more. We want all more right. <laughs> Question two. Anthony Seabold needs to drop Anthony Milford and Darius Boyd. Hit or miss? Jamie, I'll go to you first. Uh, miss. I think Anthony Milford should be dropped. And I think Darius Boyd should be playing fullback. I tweeted it yesterday. Got a lot of engagement from Brisbane fans. The the reason their attack is struggling is they haven't got a full, they've got some dynamic fullbacks that can run the footy. They haven't got someone that can put the halves in position and combine with those halves that they need to be able to get from side to side. So I'd love to see Darius isn't a centre. He's a fullback. And people say you know put his body on the line and all that kind of stuff. He's past it. He may be past it. But when you you talk about one of the greatest attacking fullbacks of all time. Um, I think that they could do no worse and have him at fullback for the rest of this year and try and put some pressure on and get some young halves coming through. But Anthony Milford, maybe a week away from the game is what he needs as well after all the pressure that he's copped. Oh, hit, miss, whatever, it doesn't matter because positional change is only going to mask what the problem is at, at, the, at the Brisbane Broncos. It matters. No, no, you can drop them and they can win and does that mean that suddenly they were the blame? No, it, there's a cultural problem at Brisbane that's going to take months, if not years, to get through at the moment for the club. Dropping someone may give you the result that you want, and it could this week if they do it, so good luck to them. But it doesn't solve the problem at Brisbane. They've got a big problem there, and I don't think they've got the squad that is caring enough. Well, we see a few players, but overall, the care factor isn't there for Brisbane. They're playing like they don't care. I'll give Canterbury credit. When they lose, they lose with dignity. They, they care. There's effort there. They haven't got the cattle that Brisbane do, but they care. You can't say the same for everyone at Brisbane. So that's a miss. It's a hit and miss. From what you know, from what mm. you said, I'll take that as a miss. <laughs> Honestly, you'd think after two seasons you know how to play this game. <laughs> All right, Blake Green deserves a starting spot in 2021. Hit or miss? We'll go with you, Michael. 
Yeah, hit. He's a good. He's a good footballer, Blake Green. He won't be at the Warriors by the sounds of things, but I think there's a few clubs who would be lucky to have him. He's obviously a, a very good organising half. He did one. He did wonders for Cherry Evans when he was at Manly. I, I don't mind that as a fit, to be honest. I know Dylan Walker has done a great job at Manly uh, in the halves alongside Cherry Evans, but he can slot back into the centres, and then you've got. Blake Green. I, I think he's a good fit for someone in the NRL. He's not past his use-by date. Okay. Um, yeah, look, I think hit in the right situation, but you know, there's people saying Bulldogs and stuff like that. I don't want to see Blake Green bought into a team that's where he's not the final piece. You know, At Manly, he could be the final piece to the puzzle. You could allow Walker to go back out to the centres. If he goes to somewhere like the Bulldogs, he's just a, another old half that's come in to play with Kieran Foran as a stopgap and actually stops those young guys coming through. So I don't want to see him go to a club where he's the first choice option and you're risking those young guys not fulfilling their potential or, or growing into being a half in the NRL. So I have a question for you. Is there a club where you'd like to see him play out his career? If he's not past his use-by date. I think Manly would be a good option. Brisbane potentially, you know, to pair with Milford, but they've got young halves as well. So I think Manly may be the only option. OK, fair enough. That's it for Hit or Miss. It is now time for your power rankings. Jamie? This week's power rankings have a new leader. The Parramatta Eels find their way at the top of the leaderboard after an impressive performance over the North Queensland Cowboys. It was a banana peel game for Brad Arthur and his men, but they did it by committee. No Mitchell Moses, Gutherson and Dylan Brown step up. A big win over North Queensland. Yeah, huge win. A lot of people were asking questions of the Eels without Mitchell Moses, whether they could still get the job done. As you mentioned, King Gutho, he steps up in his absence. And Mike Acevo, four tries. Incredible performance from the Eels on Friday night. Great performance. Bank West is rocking again. Another team that climbs up the power rankings, the Melbourne Storm. I don't know why we doubt them. We continue to doubt them year after year, but what a game that was against the Sydney Roosters. They pull it out of the fire. They're down 10 points. They find a way to get themselves in an opportunity to win the game, and then they ice it right at the death. But this Melbourne Storm, we continue to doubt them. We have. We, can, we doubted them with no Cooper Cronk, with no Billy Slater. They lose Munster. We think we're going to fall apart. Cameron Smith moves into the halves. They get the job done. And after a tumultuous season for the New Zealand Warriors, they have the chance to go two in a row this week. I thought they were outstanding against the Brisbane Broncos. Just more want, enthusiasm. Blake Green told that he's not going to have a contract for next year. He came out and played some of his best footy. I can't remember the last time we said the Warriors have a chance to win two in a row, but that's what they need to bottle from week to week. Yeah, they were fantastic against the Broncos. Obviously, Brisbane with a lots to play for, and the, the Warriors just turned up, out-enthused them on the night, and we saw the emotion from the Broncos after, but also the, the scenes of excitement from the Warriors to get that win. That's this week's Power Rankings. Make sure you keep an eye out on NRL.com Midday Mondays for the Power Rankings. Jamie, just, just quickly, <laughs> sorry, doubting Storm? Never yeah. doubt Storm. Come on. It's going to come a time, and we're all, I think some of us are waiting for it, but I won't do it again. Particularly <laughs> the episode with Brandon Smith stars and you're bagging them out, come on. I did those power rankings <laughs> this morning. <laughs> Every Monday at midday, the power rankings, as Jamie Soward mentioned. All right, this week we have two standouts for Champ or Chump. And uh, we have an official call out for any band looking for a backup dancer. Two words, Viliami Kikau. Watch this, absolute scenes after their wind chants. Are we jamming or jumping? It matches the hairstyle the way he's going. I like it, I like what he's doing there. I like, look, I'm going to champ him, I'm going to champ him, I'm going to champ everyone at the Panthers, the way they uh, handle themselves at the moment. Uh, good on them. There's been some dark times at that club the last 12 to 18 months. They're going well.
and they're second on the ladder. There's so much to celebrate. Yeah, a lot. A big game this weekend against Cronulla Sharks. Oh, champ, one, I had to try and tackle him at training and I will Forget not... Forget it. Is that why you retired? I retired because a lot of reasons. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say something. I know, I know speed bump, but I won't. Oh, you didn't go there. Sorry. You're going to get the chump Sorry, on. you're the NRL Premiership winner, not me. <laughs> now, if you aren't looking for a backup dancer and you need a beatboxer, there is also someone in the NRL. Dylan Brown got this out last week before his press conference. Skills. <laughs> That was good, eh? Love this kid. <laughs> you love him? Oh, I love him. He's a breath of fresh air. Just his interviews after the game. He's exactly what the game needs. He's got so much personality. Doesn't care about anything. Good on him. You trip. know what Brad Arthur has done with his players? is They're playing great, but he's allowed them to be themselves off the field. You know, there'd be coaches in the NRL that wouldn't like that kind of stuff mm. and you know, may have a word to Dylan Brown you know, about his concentrating on footy and all that stuff. But what we saw in COVID is the, the media and all those uh, players need to come together and get that exposure. And that's, that's a young kid who's playing footy in the NRL, the best competition in the world, and enjoying himself. So I love seeing that kind of stuff. It's easy for us to cover that kind of stuff. So players, we love covering you when you be yourselves. Yeah, absolutely right. Okay, now don't forget to tune in tomorrow at 3.55 for NRL teams. Zach Bailey, Brett Kamali and Robbie Farrell will bring you the latest for the round nine team list as soon as they drop. But that is it from us for another week. Make sure you tune in next Monday at 4pm. And before we go, make sure you head to nrl.com to vote for your try of the week. Thanks to Drinkwise. Until next Monday, have a good one. Awaken, who chips, looking for Marcelo Montoya! A 353-game day absence of the league, and he gets Canterbury's first try of the night. What an enormous play this is. Harris Davida, walk through the hands, and Xavier Coates lunges. Does he drag his foot on the line? He gets it up in the air. Oh! It's a try! It's a try! Coruscant with it. Martin doesn't get the ball. Coruscant through. Supporters right. Supporters coming left. What a pass to Dylan Edwards. And Edwards gets there. Coruscant to Dylan Edwards. Coruscant, one of the boys of the year. What a try by Penrith.